quite unusual. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Noelle. I'm Nicole. We're coming to you live from the haunted attic. Wait. Fuck yeah. That's yeah, right. I feel like we have to do that at least once an episode, and we might have people who are listening now who are like, we're never listening again because of it, but you know what? I'm sorry that this offends you so much. Doesn't bring you any joy. <laughs> What's it like being so sad that when you hear, you don't just become overwhelmed with joy? Honestly. I mean, that says a lot about you as a person, I not mean, anything about us. You know what they say, uh... A day keeps the doctor away. That's they say that. I they, say it. Someone says it. Me. I'm the one saying y- it. it. You do it. And you I say it. I'm a medical doctor. Uh, yeah. You know what, Nicole? Are you? I have a piece of paper that says I am. Did you write that yourself? Printed it out. You wrote your own name on it. Okay, well, first of all, no, because I don't have a working printer because <laughs> and whenever you try to change the ink on a printer, it just doesn't work anymore. So, I have a printer. I'm the keeper of the printer in this house. True. It's true. One time I had to print a label and Nicole was like, in order to print a label, you must answer me these, <laughs> these questions. Three. Print the first. What happens when you change the ink on a printer? And I said, it stops working. And she was like, damn it. Shit. You know the secrets. That sounds exactly like my voice, too. That was spot well, on. I mean, that was like your, that's like your your troll voice. You know, like we all have like a troll voice. Yeah. We all have three voices. We have our normal voice, which is this. Say something. Hi, I'm Nicole. There it is. You have your troll voice, which sounds like, if you want to use my printer, you must answer me. These are those three. And I sound like this when I'm a little troll person. <laughs> and that's just how that works. And What's then, the third one? Uh, we have the fairy voice. What's the fairy voice? You know the fairy voice. I don't. When you just float into the room <laughs> and you have little tiny sparkles everywhere. And maybe like it rains, gumdrops or posies or something when you walk around. And your voice is just like really high and like you're really cute and like it makes like your adrenaline kick in for some reason. Sure. You, sure. Know, you know the one. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fairy voice is actually very fitting for today because it is GD beautiful outside. <sighs> it's like. I almost wanted to record this outside. Can we? Probably not going to be too great sound quality wise. You know what? Not in a studio. Let's do let's do a, a Patreon hangout outside one day. We could. We did that last year for Beltane. We did. Beltane babies. Was it Beltane or was it? I thought it was because it was it was kind of cold out still. I, think, we I thought it was like, Ostara. Yeah. Oh man, there was something I wanted to talk about, but I don't remember it now. Shit. Well, this is one thing, but then you decided you were going to save it for the unscripted. Oh, that's what I want to talk about. Thank you. I did want to talk about that, but it's too deep, and I'm going to spiral too hard, and I'm going to fall in a conspiracy corner, mm. and I'm going to get crazy, and I'm going to get loud. Yeah. And we don't have the time for that today. Yeah, this isn't the place for that. This is an episode where we do, in fact, do research, and we present it to you. It's true, but there is one thing I do want to talk about. Okay. Since we're talking about pagan Well, stuff. I was going to say, we also, we talk a little bit in the beginning of our episodes, and if you don't like that, you can feel free to not listen or fast forward. Okay. Yeah, baby. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It's fucking right. It's fucking <laughs> right. Um, I just wanted to say anyone um, out here that loves Etsy as much as I love Etsy. Uh-huh. I'm an Etsy guy. I love Etsy too. I think it's great. I have the Etsy app 
on my phone. Oh, it keeps on trying to get me to download that, but I won't I won't feed into it. You shouldn't. I won't do it. You shouldn't because last night I was laying in my bed and I added approximately $500 worth of like animal bones and feathers and butterfly wings and strange teeth, a lot of teeth, a lot of teeth it's to a card. Weird to- choice, but okay. And uh yeah, I was just like scrolling through. I'm like, I need these teeth. I need this teeth. I need definitely need this like scorpion tail because if what am I doing without one of those? Right. Can't afford to not have one. Totally. You know I, mean? I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah, and then I built about a five hundred dollars cart. Okay. And of, I of thought, weird animal bits and pieces. Mm-hmm, yep. Sure, sure. And it was like, uh, all right, let's check out. And I was like, you know what? I think maybe I need to sleep on this one. I think that was probably the great, the good, uh, the good choice on that yeah. one. And I slept on it. And I'm not buying it. It's probably for the best. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I would but say you shouldn't. Etsy has emailed me and sent me push notifications, about 900 of them. And it's like, did you uh, did you forget your, your cart? Did you uh, forget your, to buy something? Your here? cart's still here. Um, just so you know, if you wanted to push that button and maybe uh, buy it. Because you know? uh, just so you know, there are only four coyote tea left and you have three of them in your cart. So if you wanted those. You better buy them right now. Seven other people also have them in their cart. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but um, they're going to buy them soon. They're, they're definitely not doing what you're doing and just letting them sit there. That's They're, they're, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're, they're definitely They're all do doing it. it right now. So you better you better get in there you better before they do. Click one, two. Oh. Oh. Are you uh, gonna, are no, you, oh, uh, no, one, no one's bought it? No, no, no <laughs> one's bought these coyote teeth? Oh, okay. What a shocker. What a shocker. Honestly. Yeah. So that's what I did last night. Um, okay. And all I have to say is that the people at Etsy, uh, they're really they're really trying to stranglehold me and get me uh, to twist my arm to buying these animal parts. And it's not me. I didn't. I didn't. No start one this. told you to put them in your cart. That's true. And no one told you to keep them in your cart. You did that. I deleted them from my cart because I was getting so many notifications. Then did you get a notification being like, "Are you sure you?" Had all these in your cart, but yeah. did you mean to delete them? Yes, and now everything's. Did like, you accidentally press that button instead? Everything's like uh, things you might like. Here is a <laughs> here is a skull of a cat. Yeah, do you need this cat skull? Do you need four? You look cat like skulls? somebody who might want one. Yeah, do you need a taxidermy pig fetus? Because we have some <laughs> of them. If you need them, what about this scale from an alligator? Yeah, you look like a girl who likes alligator scales. And you know what? They almost got me with that gator scale. I was like. Uh-huh. I think I feel like I do. I feel like I I do need it. I don't know where I I put my gator scale. So actually, (laughs) and then I was like, no, no, no. You have to. You have to buy your platform Mm. goth Crocs. I don't understand what your fucking obsession is with those. You can't buy gator scales. You got to get the Crocs. So Noelle, for everyone listening, um, Noelle has it in her brain that she needs. She almost said minds, but then she decided I'm not smart enough to have a mind. I only have a brain, which tracks. Uh, Thank you. Your words, not mine. Um, (laughs) Well, Noelle has it in her brain that she wants to craft goth Crocs. I do. What are goth Crocs? Okay, so Crocs came out with these platform Crocs. I hate Crocs. I've never had a Croc in my life. They're yeah, they're pretty bad looking. Never. I have like some foam like gardening shoes that were like a dollar fifty. <laughs> I know what shoes you're talking about. Did you see them? I, th- I wore them today. They're in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. It just because I was like, well, I just need something to like wear, so I'm not like mm. stepping on like bugs and things in the garden. Yeah. Um. So I have those, and that's like as close to a Croc I have ever yeah. and will ever get. Right. True. True. But then. 
then the good people at crocs were like what if we made them platform and then also made them really shiny what if we made them even uglier than they already are is what you're saying and something in my lizard brain like clicked on and was like i need to hunt and gather those but wait what if i did have those and then i needed them and then i got a 30 percent off coupon for them so i'm like i can't not buy these they're basically free they would have been like 38 dollars or something that's like I I fucking throw thirty eight dollars down the street. I was gonna spend five hundred dollars on animal bones last night. Okay, I could spend thirty eight dollars on uh, ugly shoes. Don't you have to? So they're, what makes them goth though? If they're just platform black? Uh, I was going to put chains and spikes on them. Do they offer like the, for the little clippy things for your Crocs? Do they offer like spiked ones? They don't have spikes that I saw, but you can buy a lot of things like that on Etsy. Oh. Also, I have a bunch of those spikes. But you'd have to glue them onto like one of the croc clip things. So, so I'll commit to that. Where are you wearing these? Where is uh, your plan to wear these? Around town, Nicole. Who are you going to be wearing these next to? Because you're not going to be wearing them next to me. To the grocery? Possibly. To the grocery? I may, I may buy them and wear them to the markets. I might, All of the markets that you I may attend. take them for my oil changes so that they look upon my feet and say we will not do a misogyny oh, to her yes. and tell her she needs a new transmission. Your, your various oil changes that you do. <laughs> Many <monthly>. of them. <laughs> the plethora oil changes that you have. Where would I not wear my goth platform Crocs? That's the better question. Honestly. To church? I'm where I'm gonna join it. I'm gonna believe in Jesus. The to, Church of Croc. the only wear the only wear you can wear them it's it is so i'm going to buy them i just have to pull the fucking trigger on it okay but i got this 30 percent, and it's like oh i'm sorry to tell you but um the black ones are exempt from that price you can only get the lemon yellow that's that's the universe telling you not to buy them well sometimes Uh, the universe is mean and i don't like to listen to sometimes it's just looking out too Sometimes it is. I want to be two inches taller and also wear foam shoes. Is that too much for a girl to ask? You know what? For as much as I hate on Crocs, I will say that people who wear them for like the functionality part, not for the fashion part, I have heard that they're very comfortable. That's what I heard. So unless you're like a nurse or someone like always on your feet, then it's okay to wear them. But if you're just wearing them for fashion. What if I want to wear them to a goth club, but it's like also a gardening event? A goth gardening club? Yeah. Then you can wear them. That's okay. the only other I'm going to do place. that. So gonna that's what it. I need them for. Okay. Well, um, shall we get into this week's episode? Yes. I'm sorry that I did this to everyone. You but just derailed this entire thing and seven mm-hmm. people just turned this off. And now we're going to get two bad reviews. Okay. Do not put that. this on me. <laughs> How dare you? I actually haven't even looked to see if we've gotten any, but probably. I'm going to look right now while you actually start the show Anyways, like a real adult person. Um, this week's episode was actually requested by one of our cult leaders, Adam K., so what's up, Adam K? Thanks for the, the cult. Thanks for the suggestion. Forever may you reign. It's actually funny because I already had a script going for this one. You did. And then we opened it for fan requests mm-hmm. and on on our cult leader tier. So if you want to join our Patreon and become a cult leader, you can suggest an episode to us too. And this was his request. So shout out Adam K. Thanks Adam. for the request. Um, this was also, this topic was also on a Ghost Adventures episode um, on the Sally House. And it is, let me just put it this way, quintessential Baggins. Baggins. Big. Bagels. Big. He leans very heavy on the supposed satanic worship in the house. And, oh, you know, bags. the animal sacrifice. And, Does um, he wear a mask? The whole, like a... 
respirator he, uh, the whole time? No, but he refuses to go into the basement at all because he oh, says there's just mold down there. <laughs> yeah, but, but then he makes his entire team and the teenage medium in which he hires, he uh-huh. makes them go down there. Yeah. But he's like, um, I'm not going down there because there is mold. Everyone else, you get paid significantly less than I do. Mm-hmm. Get your asses down there. So classic Bagans, you know. Oh, that is a classic Bagan move. So this week, we're getting a little haunty. We're throwing <gasps> in some haunty to the okay. mix. Right. So this week, we will be talking about the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. Okay. Kansas. 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 Some might say the most haunted house in Kansas, located at 508 North 2nd Street in Atchison. Atchison lies in the Kansas bend of the Missouri River, 50 miles northwest of Kansas City. Atchison is a small, quiet farming community. And besides the Sally House, its claim to fame is being the birthplace of Amelia Earhart. That's very cool. Do you know crabs ate her body? They did. They did. Mm-hmm. Coconut crabs? Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. They found her little like face cream, right? Yeah. So yeah. nice. That's so cool. That's really neat. And also just reinforces that we are a geography podcast. We are we always have to bring it, bring it back, bring it on back to that. Some people claim Atchison is the most haunted town in America. Most people who visit claim the town has just an overall weird haunted vibe to it. Have okay. you ever been to a place like that? Absolutely. It, like, it's like night and day. I totally understand what yeah. they're talking about. Do you ever like walk into a house and you're like, Ooh. yeah, you just get like a who? Yeah. Ooh. Or it just feels like a heavy blanket is like over everything. Oh, yeah. Or you like see like a Victorian child sitting on your couch and you're like, hey, and they're like, ah. and they're like, they're, like poof away. Yeah. Yeah. All, every time. All the time. Every time we walk into the living room, every it happens. <laughs> There's a haunted Victorian child that lives with us. Obviously. Yeah, so I guess there's just something in the air in Atchison, Kansas. The house is currently unoccupied, but is open for daytime and overnight visits. But if you dare to spend the night, you must first sign a waiver, basically stating that you could die. If you dared. But don't worry, no serious injuries have been reported since the last people owned the home in 1993. Can we stay there? Do you want to stay there? We definitely freaking should. It's not that expensive, so we definitely should. I think we should. The house was actually put on the market in February 2016 for $1 million. Oh, wow. But it quickly dropped all the way down to 499000 in August of that year until it was eventually taken off a year and a half later in November of 2017. Yeah, probably because no one was like, I'm going to spend a million dollars on this very small haunted house. Yeah, it's a really cute house, though. I mean, I don't know what the vibe is in the town of Atchison, but um, I don't know, a million dollars for, like, middle of Kansas, the small farming community. That's, like, so much money. Feels like a lot of money, right? $500,000 feels like a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a house here outside in the suburbs of Chicago. So I don't I don't know why. I mean, a um, million dollars is what Dr. Evil wanted. That's how much money that $1 is. Million. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Now, the Sally House is just simply a tourist attraction for paranormal investigators and ghost enthusiasts. And it's actually charming. It's a cute little two-story brick home set in a little neighborhood. And you would never suspect that it had such a ghostly past. For the low, low price of $125 per person with a two-person minimum, 
you can stay overnight and investigate to your little heart's desire. And the price actually increases to one fifty during spooky season. Which Wait, is, that's like so reasonable. I know. Right? Should we just like get it as an Airbnb and like not like right? Honestly, <laughs> it's honestly cheaper to stay here it's than like, rent an Airbnb. That's like cheaper than a hotel room. Yeah, one hundred percent. So during September and October, though, it is one hundred and fifty. But still, I mean, like that's the price of a hotel room. So I yeah, know. let's just go. Let's go like whenever their county fair is, and we'll just like hit that up too. <laughs> right. You know. You must be 18 or be accompanied by a parent or guardian. And due to safety concerns, the basement where Zach Bagans refused to go to because of mold <laughs> is no longer accessible and only 10 people are allowed to spend the night at a time. So we could literally throw like a house party. We Don't let them hear you say that. Shit. I mean, we can literally throw it's, an investigation party. It's a, Yeah, exactly. But like there. Yeah. I think we should do with it. Sally. With Sally, the Sally, the Sally of, of House Sally fame. House. Should fame. we should we call Amelia Earhart too? Uh, yeah, the ghost of Amelia Earhart. Let's get her. Should we get have her on board? Coconut crab cakes. <laughs> yes, that's a little morbid, but I think she she would appreciate it. She seems like she's, she's got, got a, a good, sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, humor. for sure. Yeah. All right, we're having a luau at the Sally yeah. House. Who wants to come? The only thing is that you will need to bring your own sleeping bag and pillow, but thankfully the house does have indoor plumbing and water. You are not allowed to use a Ouija board or perform a seance of any kind, and you are not allowed to perform any type of cleanse on the house either. Well, so good. just doesn't say anything about alcohol though. So. Does it say anything about a luau? Nothing about a luau. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> So what makes this house so haunted? Well, it was built in 1867 by a man named Michael Finney. And the Finney family lived in the home for years. And most notably, the home was occupied by Dr. Charles Finney. And Charles Finney used the front of the first floor for his medical practice. Mm. He had an office and exam rooms on the first floor. And he and his family lived upstairs. There have been three documented deaths that happened in the house, according to city records. Now, the recorded deaths are Michael Finney in mm -hmm. 1872. So just shortly after he had the home built. And then we have James Finney in 1900. And then Kate Finney in 1918. Okay, so just family members. Just Finneys, yeah. A whole bunch of Finneys. Gaggle of Finneys. A gaggle of Finneys, because the Finneys, uh, the Finney family occupied the house on and off until about 1947. This is giving me, um, remember from Boy Meets World, where they go like, Finney. <laughs> yes. I guess not thinking it. Finney. The reason for this haunting, as the story goes, and basically why it's called the Sally House is because of this story. So according to legend, in 1906, mm -hmm. on a dark and stormy night. That's all good stories start. Well past everyone's bedtime, a mother banged on the front door of Dr. Finney's practice in a panic, carrying her six-year-old daughter named, you guessed it, Sally. <gasps> Dr. Finney awoke from his slumber to help the poor woman and her sickly daughter. The woman was hysterical, and she explained that the young girl had collapsed after complaining about severe abdominal pain. Well, shouldn't have swallowed all those coins. You know what I mean? And that's what they say. You ever swallow a coin? Hurt your stomach. 
I actually have. It's, it's got to come out somewhere. Me too. <laughs> so it always comes out, that coin. Not in the way that you want it. We just to. have like appendix full of coins. <laughs> There's like a fucking piggy bank in there. So Dr. Finney immediately diagnosed the girl with appendicitis. And to set things, he set things in motion to perform an emergency surgery for he believed her appendix would soon burst. So in a rush, Dr. Finney began surgery on poor little Sally before the administered anesthesia could fully take effect. Sally screamed and writhed in pain until suddenly everything stopped and Sally stopped moving. Poor little Sally had died on the operating table and she died basically experiencing the worst pain of her life. He just like cut open into her, was like trying to get everything done. She felt everything. That feels insane. Yes. Like give this girl some ether or something. We know you're you're breathing it in, doc. 1906? Yeah. Yeah. He's high on ether right now. Yeah. That's crazy. That's messed up. It is really messed up. Some say the ghost of Sally returned to haunt the house, not only because she died suddenly and way too soon, but because in her mind, she passed away being tortured by a man that she did not know. I mean, I've heard that, that like if you die in like a horrific way, like you're more likely to be a ghost. But like, I mean, who knows any of that? Right. I mean, if you think about it this way, she's six years old. She's just mm-hmm. thrown on this table. This man just starts cutting into her body. She right. doesn't know why. No. Oh, that's really sad. And then she passes away and her soul is tortured forever. Oh. Others claim the pain and torture that little Sally endured created something much more sinister. Sort of like an evil energy that from that point on would forever be ingrained on the property. While this is the more popular version of the story, there is another version where Sally was actually the love child of Dr. Finney from an affair he was having with his African-American maid. So given the time and the fact that this was in Kansas, relations between a white man and a black woman were strictly prohibited. So when the little girl became sick, her Mm -hmm. mother obviously brought her to her doctor father, Dr. Daddy. In this version of the story, Dr. Finney forbade the mother from taking the little girl to the hospital for fear that he would be outed for his sexcapades. So instead, he performed the surgery and botched it since it was just him and he was ill-equipped in his small home practice. And then, of course, the poor little girl died. Wow. Do we know, um, do we know it was Sally, was she white? We don't don't know know if Sally even existed at all. There is no record of Sally. Okay, so we really don't know who this girl is. Yeah, it it could be just a random. It could be this Mm -hmm. part of this story. We don't know. There is no medical record or like city record that Mm -hmm. says that a girl named Sally died in this house. Okay, so. Well, I'm just going to, this might be a hot take. Okay, this might be, persecute me if you want right now. Mm -hmm. He's a bad doctor either way. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, it's not he's not great. I wouldn't let him operate on me. I I wouldn't want him to either. No, no, thank to. you. So the story continues. So the mother, having witnessed her young daughter in pain and die at the hands of her 
irresponsible father, the mother became enraged and attacked the doctor, who fought back a little too hard, accidentally killing the mother as well. Accidentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, what a tidy little package he's wrapped up here. Right. It is believed that the spirit of Sally and her mother both haunt the house. Some believe this is the reason why men specifically get attacked in the house, and we'll get into that a little bit, a little bit later, but men specifically are the ones who are the target in this house. Oh, sorry. Sorry, we're feminists in this house. <laughs> sorry, uh, we, sorry, we want equality. Okay, <laughs> like, uh, men can be haunted too. Uh, I'm just going to say it. Like, Sorry, it's Women's History Month. Like, we're not going to not haunt a man, you know? So it's it, not how oh that my works. God, it is Women's History Month. That's right. You know what? Women, ghosts, they're, they're important too. Yeah, actually, uh, the ghosts of Sally, or if you want to call, I don't know if you want people believe it's Sally doing it or her mother, but the entity in this house is called the man hating ghost by a lot of people. Slay. <laughs> mother. Women's Month. <laughs> It is fucking Women's History Month. Girl power. She's girl bossing. She's gatekeeping. She's ghosting. <laughs> Let's get it, girl. People believe it is the spirit of the mother who is still forever grieving the death of her child. And obviously, she clearly just blames all men for her daughter's demise. Uh, Which, can you blame her? <laughs> I don't again, think you can. This is feminism in action. A lot of people believe that the doctor covered up the murders and buried the bodies of both Sally and the mother on the property, either outside or, you guessed it, in the basement. Okay, well, just don't do that. I mean, which would explain why the basement seems to be the most haunted part of the house. You know, shit, he, like, murdered two women, a girl and and her mother, Mm -hmm. and then, like, threw their bodies in the basement Sweeney Todd style. Right. And was like, that should be fine. Well, and also just to throw that out there, none of this is confirmed. This is all just like sort of speculation and what could have happened. So, I mean, I don't mean to like tarnish Dr. Charles Finney. Well, but I'm going to tarnish him because we either don't know, way, but either way, I get it. It was the 1900s, early 1900s. Yeah. I get it. Like doctoring wasn't up to where it is now. No, but either way, he murdered this girl on quote unquote accident. Right. Or he was like, oh, uh, I forgot to like anesthesiize you. No, he did. And he did administer it. But before it could take effect, he had to start cutting because he was afraid that she w- it was going to burst right away. And clearly it did. So he just like started cutting. Okay, well, I'm just going to say. And who even knows if that's what was wrong with her? Like you said, it was early mm-hmm. 1900s. It honestly, could have been anything. Yeah, she probably just like swallowed a bunch of coins is what I'm saying. <laughs> she and, then he, <laughs> and then he caught into her and she wasn't ready for it. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, Dr. Finney. Uh, this is, uh, yeah. this is an anti-Dr. Finney podcast. Right. So the story of Sally is just a legend and there are no records or history that proves existence of a little girl named Sally ever being treated in the home. So I guess you can pick whichever version you want, but I guess in both versions, it's not too looking too great for Dr. Charles. Here. I'm going to picture my Sally wearing a tuxedo t-shirt because I think she likes to party. She definitely does. She definitely likes to party. She, yeah. Yeah. But all I'm saying is that if the second story is true and the doctor did murder both Sally and her mother and covered it up, mm-hmm. it would explain why there was never any record of a girl named Sally ever having anything to do with the house. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
And according to newspaper articles, Dr. Finney moved out of the house in 1906. So if you're following the timeline here, this would have been after the supposed botched surgery of poor little Sally. Mm. So if you also are hiding bodies in your basement, probably a good time to move. Am I right? He's like, I was going to move anyways. It was just a coincidence that this happened. (laughs) It's just a coincidence that I ended up burying two people in my basement. I already called the U-Haul, okay? It was like weird timing. I rented it and it was like 140 bucks. I'm not going to cancel it now. There was a huge cancellation fee and like I cannot incur those charges. I will never financially recover. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just like another indicator to me that maybe he was running. Surely not the law or a ghost. Like a double murder. I don't know. But after the Finneys, the home was lived in by a young single woman for around 40 years. Okay. So, I mean, that she didn't experience anything still goes around with the story of, like, if she she wasn't getting attacked, she's not a man. Again, this is feminism in action. Kelly Elias and Les Smith moved in a little bit later and also claimed they had experiences while living in the house. But the couple that had the most experiences and the one whose experiences really put the home on the map were Deborah and Tony Pickman. Okay. See, Deborah and Tony Pickman, and we'll get into their story like a lot later on, but mm-hmm. they moved into the house in the early 90s. And they sort of made the Sally House famous when they were featured on the popular paranormal and news show, in the 90s called Sightings. And it was actually co-produced by one of America's sweethearts. <gasps> Who? Henry Winkler. Oh, he's so cute. Basically, the show Sightings walked so Unsolved Mysteries could run. Okay. Because once it was canceled, the same people went on to produce Unsolved Mysteries. But more on that a little later. I feel like we're at the point, like like paranormal activity and like like, Paranormal shows are like in the heyday right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the early '90s, people were like, mm, "I don't know about this." And then like yeah. X Files came, and they were like, "Wait, it was like hunting yeah. can be hot." Unsolved mysteries was mm-hmm. like the start, but sightings was before, so we have sightings to thank for it. Thank you, Henry Winkler. We have Henry Winkler to thank for this. Henry, Thanks, Fonz. We have the Fonz. The Fonz did this for <laughs> us. Did this for us. After the Pickmans, a woman moved into the home, and according to Zach Bagans and some of the tour guides at the house, um, she was a Satanist. Okay, well, everyone's a fucking Satanist, so. <laughs> some people, a.k.a. Zach Bagans, I only wear black because one time I saw a ghost and now right? my eyesight is bad. <laughs> well, him and the tour guide that he interviews on his show, they claim that this woman worshipped Satan and performed animal sacrifices to the Dark Lord in the basement and claimed that she just added fuel to the evil fire that brewed within the walls of the home. But, like, there was enough evil fire a brewing with the Pikmins before this woman moved in, so it's just... Sounds to me just kind of like a scare tactic. Yeah, I, I think that sometimes, like, lore builds for sure. But now right. I'm picturing, like, um, a Satanist that wants to do animal sacrifice, but they're kind of afraid of it. So they just, like, smash spiders when they see them. They're like, that was for you, <laughs> Satan. 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 Um. And the reason why they say this, the, why they have this theory of, like, the animal sacrifices mm-hmm. or whatever, is because there's a black smudge on the floor of the basement. Mm. And they claim that that smudge is the remnants of a pentagram that she drew to aid in her 
I guess, rituals, her mm-hmm. sacrifices. Mm-hmm. It in no way, shape, or form looks like a pentagram. Or it's just a smudge. It's just a, a black smudge in a basement, which I'm sure a lot of basements have mm-hmm. because they're basements. You know, I spilled pasta sauce on one of my shirts yesterday. <laughs> Was it in the shape of a pentagram? I'm going to say that that's a remnant of a pentagram, <laughs> and I did that when for you- Satan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're listening and you're like us, you're rolling your eyes very hard right now. They're basically <laughs> probably falling out of your head because we all know, or you fucking should if you're listening to this podcast, yeah. that the pentagram is constantly misrepresented as a symbol of evil and misused in evil satanic worship, like as a satanic symbol. Yeah, but it's like a Hollywood thing. They're like, well, it what is, can we yeah. use that's like this or whatever? Like I have one on the back of my phone. Mm-hmm. And have, it's on our sticker. It's, yeah, it's our, <laughs> it's part of our logo, yes. one of our logos. And one of my coworkers was like, do you, do you want, do you believe in that? Just and I'm like, well, yes. I also have like a cotton candy sticker and like a little kitten and stuff. And do I'm you like, believe in cotton candy and kittens too like believe in what stickers and she's like <laughs> that and i was like this is this is a star like, I, I don't have time for this is Veronica. that why you have aliens over it now those are my galians because you were afraid of no i questions. just thought they were cute you don't like my galians i like your galians yeah actually the pentagram is a very positive symbol and it's used by many facets of witchcraft and paganism so don't fear the pentagram it's a symbol of unity and life and balance it's definitely not a symbol of evil. Well, what if there was just a smudge left of one? Uh, that could be. That's an evil <laughs> that ass smudge. smudge right there. That smudge is, that's a symbol of evil. That's right. The same tour guide claims that she also has seen the ghost of a Native American man outside on the property. So maybe the haunting factor goes even further than the 1900s. We don't know. <sighs> okay. May I, for one moment, mm-hmm. um, in America, we have this way of being like, oh, it's a Native American burial ground. Because, like, yeah, we did, like, we did it. But, like, the people that settled here just yeah. slaughtered all of the Native right. Americans. Ev- we, every, everywhere is a burial ground. If you're in America, the Kmart that you go to, that fucking 7-Eleven you get your ices <laughs> from, uh, your fucking dispensary, all of that is on Native American ground. Yeah. So... I just think that it's it's just another way. That's another thing that uh, shows specifically like Ghost Adventures, mm-hmm. um, along with the whole satanic panic, like this is a pentagram and there's Satan. Yeah. Another thing that they love to do is like, this is, uh, an, there's an ancient uh, burial on here. Supposedly we see the ghosts of a Native American man. If you'll Let's review the footage, we saw a feather falling from the sky, which is symbolic <laughs> of that of a Native American headdress, which is the only thing that this could possibly be from. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, let it go. Yeah. It's like, it's either or, and I'm just like sick of it. Like, get creative. Make it be something else. It's like. It's not always those two things. The devil or Native American. <laughs> yes. Like, fucking haunting white people. Like, okay, cool. It's like, just okay. Get, get over it. Yeah. Yeah, but more on the whole sightings episode a little bit later. I first want to talk about what people experience in the house, which is the fun part. The hauntings. So people who have lived in the home and people who have visited and ghost hunted in the home have experienced a wide range of hauntings. Full-bodied entities have also been spotted in the home. 
Most notably, the apparition of a small girl wearing a dress with curly hair and a bow. Oh. Which is obviously why the property is called and listed as the Sally House, because the ghost of a young girl is seen fairly often. But some believe this apparition is a fake out. Fake out. They believe the entity or evil in the house likes to present itself as a little girl, but is something far more sinister because a lot of people who have been in the home have experienced physical harm. This is why you should never trust children because they're always the orphaning you, uh-huh. even in ghost form. Yeah, even go- ghost children are worse than real children. Some could say. Some do say. <laughs> and why would a young little innocent curly-haired girl want to harm people. A lot of people get scratched in the home or experience a hot red sort of rash on their skin or like experience a burning sensation. Wait, did you say why would a little girl want to do this? Because a man tried to cut coins out of her appendix without giving her proper anesthesia. Yeah, but she like fizz, it's like, it's not just like a little, uh, like it's like, oh, she like goes in deep. Yeah. She does like the big three scratches on your back. Also like a ghost of a little girl. I mean- me. ghosts tend to not be that harmful that's it's usually true. like something more so than just like the spirit that's true. that actually has the energy to uh harm someone i don't know that's true but it's women's history month so maybe like she's really like feeling like oh know, she goes powerful. hard in march oh yeah it's like whenever she's hopped up she, on sugar she amps it up in march yeah but yeah so she, so usually it's just like the little apparition of a girl and you see her and she's cute and then like other times you your skin starts to burn and you get like a scratch on your back. It's like either or, you know, Yeah, it's like it's on a scale from cute to demonic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Framed pictures have been known to be turned completely upside down. One tenant of the house even claimed that their young daughter developed a friendship with a little girl ghost in the house. And guess what the ghost said her name was? I'm going to guess Sally. Sally. This former tenant never experienced any harmful or violent altercations with Sally. Things would happen and she just thought it was her daughter, but she, her daughter would always just say, Sally did it. Sally did it. Mm. So like, I think we were talking about this yesterday about like how kids like blame ghosts and you're like, you can never really be like, is it a ghost or is your kid just lying? Oh yeah. We were talking about Robert the doll. Robert the doll. Yeah. 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 And it, like, it's like a kid like trash his entire bedroom. <laughs> trashed his room. And was like, Robert did it. This doll did it. It's haunted. You know, the kid probably did that. It's like, yeah, I probably did it. Yeah. But, um, I'm going to say I, I believe this little kid because if she has a little like imaginary friend called Sally right. and it's just like her and her mom and like, they're fine. Yeah. So they didn't really, I mean, We'll get into the Pikmin story, but their experiences in the house were just like, oh, this thing is moved like this. There's a mess here. These pictures are upside down. And mm. then the little girl, she just thought it was her daughter. And her daughter was just like, no, it was Sally. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like anything nefarious. It was just like no, they weren't, tricks. And, yeah. They okay. weren't getting like harmed or anything because okay. there was no men in the house. See? Girl house. And... There's probably a reason why she never got scratched because she lived there alone with her three children and she was a single mom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, male residents of the home and male paranormal investigators who have entered the home seem to be the ones targeted the most. And the physical harm, like the scratches, are only inflicted on men. There have been no women to come out and say that they have experienced anything. 
physically, which is like why I mentioned people call Sally the man hating ghost. She's a feminist icon. (laughs) Put a positive spin on it. Um, So we have to go there for our luau and we will invite one man. Who wants to be the target? Any takers? There's Any definitely takers? someone screaming, I will do it. Adam K suggested this, so maybe we bring him. Adam K, do you want to go to our luau? Do you want to get scratched by Sally? Do you want to get scratched by Sally? <laughs> I guess if you believe that the ghost is actually the ghost of little Sally, it would make sense if the legend were true that she was only six and she has this image of a man cutting into her flesh without anesthesia. That could be why she's mad at men in the home, but also her mother. Mm-hmm. If... Mm-hmm. Even if even if the first story is true and she her mother wasn't killed by mm-hmm. the doctor, who knows? Her ghost could still be hanging around to be with her daughter and just like oh totally be pissed at men for like her daughter her that doctor killing her daughter, you know? Yeah, like you, and also it's the 1900s and women weren't people, so she could just be mad in general at men. I get yeah. it, girl. Yeah. And also, I'm a firm believer that you don't have to die somewhere to haunt it. So like, if her daughter's mm-hmm. ghost is there, or like this was like a significant place. Right. For her, like, a life-altering event happened. Like, exactly. it would make sense she's tied to it. Exactly. And she's beating up on the boys. Hey, just doing it for the girls. That's right. Some people have reported being pushed and bruised or even jumped on. Like, I'm not really sure how that works. I think you just feel, like, a sudden heavy weight on you. And okay. it's like, oh, someone's on my back. Someone's, like, doing, like, a trampoline backflip on you. <laughs> yeah. Others report other reports include disembodied voices and burnt finger marks on candles and candles just lighting on their own. That's cool. Which is terrifying. That's fucking cool. Because random fires lighting on their own is also a thing that happens in the home. Okay. So that's scary. Very scary. Uh there have been a lot of reports of just random fires starting and it has nothing to do with the electrical. It's just like a thing that Okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, that's just our Monday night fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One person reported curtains catching on fire without a rhyme or a reason. So they just like went up in flames. It's fucking scary. Yeah. Tell me about it. Cold spots are very common. Levitation and objects moving on their own are also reported. Um, Sally actually may, may not be the only ghost to inhabit the home. All right, what else we got? Many people talk of seeing apparitions of a Civil War soldier Mm. and a prankster-type entity has pulled many fast ones on investigators, too. Okay. It's like, uh, instead of, like, Steve-O, it's like, I'm Steve... I don't know, what's what's an old-timey name? I am Steven... I don't fucking know. Stephen O, and you're... (laughs) Stephen Ophelio. Stephen Ophelio. And this is ghost jackass. <laughs> and he just like does pranks on you. He like takes the toilet paper when you're shitting. Just like stupid stuff. <laughs> Everyone hates that one. It's like, Steven, again. And then the toilet paper like rolls back into the bathroom and then lights on fire. <laughs> sick prank. <laughs> Honestly, that's the paper when you're shitting. <laughs> that's the sickest prank, dude. Wow. That's a dick move. That's a, it's a ghost prank. Um, the spirit of an old woman standing in the windows has also been spotted. And Sally also may have another little friend with her because some people report seeing the ghost of a little boy who people have named Frank. Oh, and on top of all of the ghostly apparitions, shadow people also stalk the halls of the Sally house. So 
there's a lot of in good in good company here with the Sally House. Yeah. I mean, what's like, okay, you're only allowed to have 10 people stay there at the Airbnb because there's already 45 <laughs> people that are already there. It's already occupied. Some say the house is haunted by a demonic presence, but others believe that the house is a portal acting as a gateway for whatever spirits or entities that want to cross from the spirit realm into ours. Yeah, I believe that. We have a portal. Yeah, I totally believe that. Scratches have been known to appear on the walls, furniture moves around, and some have even claimed to have a light possession in the house. Possession for spring? Mm -hmm. Revolutionary. And I say light because we're not talking like Reagan from The Exorcist possession or like Emily Rose contorted possession, mm -hmm. but more like a Zach Bagans possession. Like, you know, when he gets mad all of a sudden and wants to fight Aaron, but says it's because of ghosts. You'll notice in this clip, I become wildly possessed. <laughs> and he just like takes just, his glasses off. He punches Aaron in the face. And he's like, that was the ghost, not me. Yeah. There's been a lot of workman's comp claims. <laughs> Other typical haunty things occur in the home, like lights turning on and off. Children's toys are often moved and just turned on. And uh, toys are left in the home for Sally to play with, too. So investigators go and they'll just, like, leave a teddy bear and be like, here you go. It's a lame-ass toy to leave. I leave her a Game Boy. She's from 1906. You think she's she's going to know how to play a freaking Game Boy? Yeah, she is. Pokemon Silver, she could play that. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Some Mario Donkey Kong action, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the ghost of Sally is saying, it's a me, a Mario. <laughs> and, like, throwing banana what? peels. Did you, did you just hear that? Did you... <laughs> Did you just it's hear? Me. Oh shit, what was that? A Mario. <laughs> Any animals who are brought to the house have been known to growl at corners or at things that the human eye cannot see, also, which I think would be the scariest for yes. me. When that happens here, did I tell you about the time that the animals were laying on my bed and they all three of them were like looking and like following something with their eyes and then no. it like went out the door? No. Yeah. That's terrifying. I turned every light on in the house. I'm sorry you experienced that. It's fine. Okay, so the show that put this story out there that I talked a little bit about before, Sightings, aired in the 90s. It's hosted by Tim White, and it profiled the Pickman family. Okay. So we have Tony Pickman and his wife, Deborah. And so the Pickman family moved into the home in 19... I've heard 1992. I've heard 1993. We're just going to say early 90s. Okay. And Re regardless of what the truth is, I'd like to think with the names Deborah and Tony, they moved from Staten Island. <laughs> he goes by Tone and she goes by Deb. Big Tone and Deb. Yeah. Well, actually, um, they, so well, I'll get into it a little bit later, but it's actually kind of funny um, name wise. But of course I watched the episode mm -hmm. and you can watch it too. It's on YouTube. There's actually, I think there's like three or four episodes and they like, all clip them into one and it's just like an hour long um to watch all of them but in this in this show they call it the heartland ghost haunting and actually in the show they protect the anonymity of deborah and tony mm. and in the beginning they don't mention their real names only pseudonyms and they blur out tony's face but okay, they but show deborah's it's doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. But they're like sitting there and it's like clearly an outline of this man called Tony. And yeah. he's like, okay, so it was out of God of Ghoul, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's actually, he's got a little bit of a Southern accent. He's not, he's not from Staten Island, well, fortunately. But I mean, if you, this is your, in, in your brain, you can my augmented it. reality. So they start off by showing Tony and all of the scratches on his body. And they also consult 
a renowned parapsychologist named Carrie Gaynor, who believes that they are telling the truth. And they, the home clips, they show home clips where lights are turning on and off and pictures that have been taken in the house that have unexplainable blurring and discoloration. Okay, and this is like VHS tapes. This is like VHS. So like, this is like hard for like the average person to edit, to be honest. Yeah, like editing, video editing was not a thing. I mean, it was a thing. Movies existed. But if you've got a handheld like Came camera before, where you yeah. put a fucking VHS in it to record, like you're not editing that. No. Tony and so. Deborah are not editing a VHS <laughs> No, no. and like the quality is shit. So while in the house, the team records temperature changes, electromagnetic energy. Like there's a lot of weird shit happening when they bring this team into the house. And throughout the day, mysterious welts and cuts appear on Tony who they call Jeff throughout the day. <laughs> sure. Um, so Jeff is Tony. It's, I don't understand. It's a pseudonym, um, sure. <laughs> yeah, pseudonym. Pam is Deborah. Okay. And then they say, so it's Jeff, Pam, and their son, Donnie, are okay. the names that they use. But Donnie was the real kid's name because he was not answering <laughs> by anything else. They were trying to, like, call him. He's like a baby. I'm like, why would you say, like, their son? Like, you don't need to name the baby Donnie. He's in, like, one scene. They, like, do way too much backstory for Donnie. <laughs> they're like, so that you know that they're lying. <laughs> Donnie's favorite food is uh, smashed peas, and he does not like to go to bed at his bedtime. His name is uh, Donald uh, Arthur Richardson. Named after his great-great-grandfather. Who was a Civil War soldier. Who died in the Civil War. It's like an infant. They're like doing. There's a whole episode dedicated to baby Donnie that like I just kind of left out. I get it. I get it. They also bring in a psychic named Peter James, who uh, some of you might know. He's kind of he's a he's a popular psychic. Um, He also has an insane look. So picture the darkest and thickest eyebrows and mustache you have ever seen in your life. And then picture the whitest and fluffiest hair on a man that you've ever seen in your life. Oh. And it's, it's good. It's pretty good. He's beautiful. He is, his hair is just, I love it. So Peter was not given any information about the family or the house before he went in and are supposedly, I don't know. We just have to take it for what it's worth. He immediately says that he sees the face of a little girl in the window, which obviously is corroborated by Tony slash Jeff. He claims to have actually seen the ghost of Sally. And on one night, uh, he was in the kitchen. So one night, this is Tony's story of when he first saw Sally. He was in the kitchen grabbing a glass of orange juice. And as he turned around, he spotted the ghost of a little girl standing three feet away from him. And this apparently happened on Halloween night. Of course. And immediately after he saw this apparition, he drew what he saw. And when you search Sally House or Sally the Ghost from Sally House, the picture that shows up is this picture that he drew. And he, it's actually, it's a pretty good trickster picture. Like, it's something that I couldn't, could have drawn myself. Um, so Tony is a bit of an artist. And it basically just looks like an adorable little girl with a bow in her hair. And she's got like curly hair. She just looks really cute. This is really good. Also, I'm still stuck on this picture of Peter James because he looks like a Muppet. Yeah. He looks like someone made. He has like a black mustache and like white fluffy hair. His eyebrows are. This is beautiful. Slay. 
I'm having a great time looking at this. <laughs> but what's even crazier, if it's true, is that the psychic Peter then goes on to state that the little girl's name is Sally without any prior knowledge of the ghost. And he continues to try to get the ghost to communicate with him. So uh, while they're trying to do this, he's trying to like, he doesn't really go as hard as Zach Bagans. He's kind of just like, come talk to me, blah, blah, blah. Does he get like aggressive Zach Bagans style? No, he does okay. sort of get aggressive. He's like, come on, like we want to talk to you, show yourself, like stuff like that. But he's not like yelling, like come at me or anything. Okay. But while he's doing this, he gets hit on the hand and he, so he feels like a sharp pain and he's got like a little bit of a red mark. And then Tony slash Jeff gets an MC scratched in his back and they lift up his shirt and there's, you can see it. It's an MC. What does that stand for? I'll get to that. We'll get to that. So Tony, Tony, she's trying to write McDonald's. (laughs) She's really wanted a chicken McNugget (laughs) meal. Tony gets scratched like many times throughout the show and like we see the scratches appear on him like in real time oh that's cool it is pretty cool and he's just like constantly getting scratched fucking tony (laughs) peter the psychic says that mc could be initials of someone who had passed in the home and if you remember a little bit earlier on i told you that a man named michael finney died in the home in 1872 well, in sightings, they say that Michael's initials were M.C. Finney. Michael Corinne Finney. It, yes. Michael Cynthia, Cynthia. Finney. I was say Cynthia. <laughs> the psychic gets, he also picks up that three people have died in the home, and he hits it right on the head that there was somebody in the medical field that lived in the home. That's cool. And yeah, it's pretty. It's actually pretty cool. And in the documentary, the sightings researchers are able to find that there was a little girl who passed away in the area in 1905 named Sally. Ooh. But they don't have any records connecting her to Charles Finney or his practice. Oh, it's MC, Michael Charles Finney. It could be Michael Charles Finney. I don't know. They didn't say and i couldn't find it anywhere looking it was just mm-hmm. in this in the documentary yeah so i don't know maybe they fucking made it up maybe they were just like michael finney is maybe she seat, you know really or maybe it was a mcdonald's chicken <laughs> maybe actually maybe but another creepy thing that the psychic hits on is when he goes to like the cemetery in town mm-hmm. he walks around for a bit and he hears a small voice calling him towards a grave marker that's just so old and worn that you can't even read it okay And he says that it's the voice of a young girl who died of pneumonia when she was very young. Mm. And the sightings team, and this is what they've researched once again, take it for what it's worth. Mm. I don't know if it's 100% true or they just did it for the show. But they say that they researched the grave marker after the team was in the cemetery. Mm -hmm. And they discovered that this was the final resting place of Sally Elizabeth Hall. So if it's true, that's pretty freaking creepy that he was called to that specific grave. Yeah, absolutely. Unless they're just pulling all of our legs and none of this is real. But I like to believe. I'd like to believe. So the sightings team then brings in a bunch of equipment to monitor and to try to catch the ghosts on camera. And basically they just capture Tony getting scratched to shit. I mean, that's the only thing that happens. so funny. (laughs) They pick up like no entities, but Tony's like, ah, he's oh, like, oh, oh damn it. Oh, ah. Yeah, basically that's what happens. Ultimately, the investigation team documents a lot of strain strangeness in the home. 
like temperature changes and thermal with their thermal imaging, um, electrical interference with their cameras. That makes no sense. They even record an EVP, which doesn't sound human. Um, kind of sounds like a, like an, like an energy sound. It sounds like a, so sort of like a sound that you would, they, you would put in like the background of a horror movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's scary. But it wasn't heard by the people in the room at the time. Which is also kind of kind of creepy, but it was obviously heard when they replayed the recording. Um, there was even an instance when Deborah slash Pamela has a single rose in a vase in the kitchen, and when they leave the room and they come back from outside, they notice the rose is burned and ashy on the outside, and like the inside of it is just fine and completely like alive and moist. Moist. First of all, uh, very dramatic to have a single rose in a vase. Like, okay, <laughs> seal for sure. Da, da, da. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Isn't that weird? Yeah, like they tried to light it on fire, but it was still alive, so it didn't mm-hmm. burn. Or just like the side of it got singed. The sightings team comes back to the house a few times, um, and even af- a year after the Pikmins have moved out. So once they aired the first episode, former resident Kelly Elias came forward with her own experiences in the home. She lived in the house for years as a child and claims that the house caught on fire in a spot with no electrical wiring and for no apparent reason at all. She also says that she felt like she was always being watched the whole time in the house. There is nothing worse than that. Mm -hmm. That is what scares me the most. I would rather see a full-bodied apparition than just feel like I'm being watched. Yeah. They bring in an environmental engineer to test for electromagnetic fields or radon levels basically anything that they can to try to debunk the weirdness that's going on and they can't find anything. Everything's normal. So they speak with another former tenant, Les Smith, who says he experienced cold spots throughout the house and just a general feeling of unease, but surprisingly did not experience any violence or scratches, which I thought was interesting, him being a man and all, but I don't know, maybe there's a certain look to a man that sets Sally off. Maybe he's a feminist and she knows it. Les was a brunette and Tony was a blonde. So maybe she hates blondes. Honestly, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Maybe she hates blondes. (laughs) Les had a kindness in his eye. Tony only talked about Gabagool. (laughs) So they tried to go the scientific route, but they couldn't find any answers or a resolution. So they decided to go the spiritual route and they perform an exorcism in the home. That's a big move. So during the exorcism, Tony gets targeted, of course, (laughs) just gets scratched some more. At this point, I do feel a little bit bad for him. I mean, and at this point, too, like he's they've moved out of the house or like we can't deal with this anymore. So they're just bringing poor Tony back to just get scratched some more. So Tony doesn't experience any scratches unless he's at the home. So he they move out. Everything's fine. So the entity is pretty confined to the house by this time. Okay, And it doesn't seem like it follows anyone else. Ever. So, and I think there's, like I said, like three or four episodes uh, that sighting has, sightings has come back. And Jeff, actually the last episode, Tony is like, okay, I'm fine. Like you can out me as Tony. I'm not Jeff. He like takes a mask off and he's like, it was me, Tony, the whole time. It was me the whole time. So yeah. So his identity is revealed and he, they actually, in Ghost Adventures, they talk to them, too. So he's, like, completely out in the open, which is why I mentioned his name. I wouldn't have outed his shit if, yeah. like, we didn't already know, you know? For sure. 
So he explains that because of the positive feedback from the first couple of episodes of the show, he feels comfortable to come forward because I guess he thought like people would think he was crazy at first. Cause remember this is the early nineties. So like yes. people weren't obsessed with ghosts and like hauntings and spooky shit. Like everyone was like, yeah. mom about that this shit. was this was the time where you couldn't get rich off of saying like you were abducted or you saw like mm-hmm. an, a ghost or something this is back when people still thought that you were absolutely insane if you thought any of this was mm-hmm. real and i really do appreciate what this show does like they they're not just going in being like oh look at that this move like ghost mm-hmm. ghost ghost they really do try to debunk it and the parapsychologist that they have with them like he seems to know what he's talking about he's not just like oh an object move it's a ghost. Yeah. This pentagram here must mean satanic worship, you know? Yeah. Unlike some people. Unlike <laughs> some people. So on the last episode, the parapsychologist talks about a medical condition that could be an explanation for all of Tony's scratches. And it's called dermatographism. Okay. Dermatographism. Which is a condition in which a person can scratch themselves and nothing will show until about 10 to 15 minutes later. But... He then goes on to say that this doesn't include bleeding scratches. So that is completely ruled out. So they were trying to like debunk, like maybe they're just faking us. But there's he like that. We've seen like Tony, like actually bleeding and shit. And I guess that doesn't happen with this. So that's out of the question. The conclusion that the sightings team came up with is that there are two separate entities in the home. One good and one bad. And they believe that Sally is the bad one. Hell yeah, bad bitch. What's up? So, I don't know. Tony Pickman seemed to be the target of most of the attacks. He's experienced nightmares in the home, like a little girl pulling him out of bed to wake up to uh, that morning to a fingerprint, like burn marks on his skin. So very creepy. The Pikmin's dog seemed to growl at nothing, especially near the nursery upstairs. They also experienced just random fires and things burning out of nowhere and things moving on their own. So that's the scariest thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I could live with a ghost, but if there's just random ass fires starting in my house, (laughs) I'm going to have a problem. It's not great. On Ghost Adventures, Tony explains that they needed to move out because he was starting to get really evil thoughts in his head. <gasps> like Amityville style, too, which we've heard um, when we have a two-parter. Two-parter? Three-parter? Two-parter, right, on Amityville? He's like, what if I burn everyone's toast in the morning? <laughs> and I say it's an accident. This ghost just really likes burning things. But I did it on purpose. So Tony would like all of a sudden he had the urge to slit his wife's throat. Oh, okay. So a little bit more than like burning toast. No, yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, we're talking like murder. Amityville. Yeah, Amityville had we, they, he experienced okay. the same. George experienced the same thing. Um, so he was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I've never wanted to slit my wife's throat before. So this must be because of the home and this ghost, like this entity. Like I need to get the fuck out of here, basically. <laughs> He also says that he doesn't believe that it, the ghost of Sally is a little girl. He thinks it's a demon, like, charading okay. as a little girl. Sure. I mean, have you met some little girls? They're pretty feral. They are pretty fucking feral. <laughs> Actually, a lot of people associated with the home do not believe it is the ghost of a little girl. But they think it's something more sinister, like a demon or, I don't know, a just evil man pretending to be a girl. Who knows? The Pickmans ultimately moved out of the home in 1994, 
And since they moved out, everything has been fine and normal. And when they moved out, the people after them just experienced some cold spots and a few strange occurrences, but nothing like that of what Tony experienced. Hmm. And actually, if you want to read more about the Sally House and the Pickmans' experiences specifically, you can read Deborah's book called The Sally House Haunting, colon, yes. A True Story. I, I would love to read that. And besides ghost adventures and sightings, The Sally House Haunting has been featured on Unsolved Mysteries and also the show A Haunting which I think was on like TLC. I've never heard of that. Oh my God, it's so good. So yeah, this this is like a classic case of a haunting. It's very popular. It's been on like every show, every cool. haunting show ever. Cool. And like I said, as of right now, the Sally House is not occupied by any families. So if you want to investigate, you can do that for the low, low price of $125. I actually just looked it up. Um, this house is adorable. It's so cute, right? It's so, so cute. I would live there. We're, def- <laughs> We're definitely going to go visit. Um, mm. I think we should do it. I think we should rent it overnight. I think, I think so, too. One more thing, also. Um, I found this in my uh, research. Mm-hmm. The Sally Ghost mm-hmm. has a Twitter. You can follow her. Really? I followed her, yeah. Is it like a POV Twitter? It's like as as it's Sally. Like Sally is the one tweeting. Yeah. Okay, that's fun. Um she's like, just scratch some dude, LOL. <laughs> yeah. She's and the her picture is the picture that Tony Pickman drew. Which I think is really funny. That's very funny. <laughs> so yeah, that that's it for the Sally house. Wow, that was really good. Thank you. Thank you. We haven't done a haunting in a minute. I know. It's been a while. Yeah. So I had to bring it back. It's been a while. It's been a while. Perfect. Well, thank you. And thank you to Adam K for suggesting that one yes. to us. Uh, I have a listener mail from another coven member mm. I'd like to read. Another cult leader. That's actually. right. Oh, yeah. Another cult leader. This one comes from cult leader in front of the pod, Miss Katie. Hello, Katie. She says, hello, my lovelies. 75 exclamation points. Yes. Super short and sweet, but I still laugh hysterically to this day. Oh, this is a, uh, a road rage story. Yes. We got a lot of road rage stories, <laughs> yes. and they're all incredible. I love it. Yes. She says, growing up, my ride or die lived about two hours north of me. One of my other friends and I would take a weekend, and we would go up to either stay with her or bring her back down here to hang. We would always take the quote-unquote back roads because mm. it's Illinois, and we all love the majestic scenery of corn and beans. Ah, yes. Laughing the flat, flat corn and bean land. Bean land. <laughs> One day, we were taking her home, and there was a giant semi that kept following us. Mm. It did the speed up and slow down dance while on our tail. While they finally passed us, they did a brake check. Oh, I hate when people do that. Obviously, we were all at the what-the-fuck moment. My friend, who does not know what a filter is, stuck herself out the back window and hurled a bottle of Dr. Pepper at the back of the truck while screaming bloody murder. (laughs) I love that. At at this stage, I was just confused by what she expected to accomplish from hurling a Dr. Pepper. Did it hit the truck? Yes. Did the driver even notice? Obviously not. Have I mentioned this? I have mentioned this to her more than a dozen times in the past 20 years. You bet your ass. Anyways, hope this gave you two a chuckle. Love yous. Katie. That's awesome. I I would have done the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I have fully road raged, like, well, like a benign road rage. Like, like giving people oh, a finger and you stuff. You know what I just thought of? What? Remember, I don't, I don't know if it was you. I think it might have been you and another one of our friends. But 
Uh, one of our friends, we were driving home from school and you and her were yelling at the <gasps> car next to me. And it was this kid and he thought he was like really cool. I won't say his name. Um, he thought he was super cool and he had this like giant pickup truck and yeah. we were like, okay, cool. Like yeah. pickup trucks are cool, I guess. And he would like rev it and shit yeah. like down the road. And so yeah. we were like, this kid's lame as fuck. We're going to yell at him. So you, I think you and her were yelling at him mm. and he threw a bottle of Purell at us. Yeah. But my window was open because I was driving and it yeah. landed in my lap. Yeah. And, and then I just had a bottle of Purell and I was like, sweet. Yeah, you were like, car Purell. Sick. This is fucking dope. <laughs> I'm going to keep this in my car. And then I kept it in my car for the rest of the year. And anytime anyone needed to sanitize their hands, I had car Purell. We were like, thank you, sir. I was we'll like, thank you for that Purell. Remain nameless. It's a good time. We yeah. got a lot of road rage stories. We do have a lot of road yeah, rage if, stories. If you have a road rage story or maybe someone threw PRL in your car or you threw... And you kept it. And you kept it. Because you're not going to not keep it. Gifts from the universe is Honestly. what I call them. If you have a fun road rage story, um, these are cracking us up. You got to send it in. Yeah. Or if you have a haunting story, if you just want to say hi, anything at all. If you just have like a funny story, we'll probably read it. Oh, for sure. Like, Absolutely. Whatever. Who cares? You can send that to us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on the social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. We've been having a lot of fun on Twitter. Uh, whatever. We're on pretty much everything. I'm going to so. say if you really want us to read your story, though, email it. Yeah. Email it to Quite Unusual Pod. The DMs are crazy. That's right. Quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Send it in there. We also have a Patreon. Sure if you want to be a cult leader like Katie and Adam, uh, or maybe you just want to be a part of the coven in general, that's okay, too. You can join. Just search for us as at quite unusual pod and we do have two new coven members to welcome Ooh. well welcome to the coven carrie a and welcome jw if you'd like to send us any physical haunted objects mm. or you know what maybe just yeah if you just want to whatever spit an envelope and send it our way don't do that we'll do some dna testing on it uh, you can send that to P.O. Box. We're going to send your DNA test into Ancestry.com so it's in the database. And then you're you going to be in the database. So if you spit into an envelope for yeah, us. Yeah, so it's going to backfire on you. You can send that to P.O. Box 1212 in Des Plaines, Illinois, 60017. And as always, celebrate the strange and keep it unusual. Bye. Bye. This is the part of the show where we give praise to the all-knowing leaders, supporters of the podcast, coven members, and all-around benevolent beings. This week, we're going to do something kind of fun. We're going to tell you the type of date we would take you on if we were going to take you on a date without any further explanation. Mm, yes, yes. Tim M. Bowling, but cosmic bowling. Oh, nice. And we would totally buy an extra large pizza and two pitchers of beer to split. I like how in cosmic bowling alleys, they always have like Blue Moon and like Miller mm. High Life. Delicious. Amazing. Evan K, we would be going for a walk along a river and then maybe we'd pop into a, like a little cafe for some salads and afternoon champagne. Mm, afternoon champagne sounds delicious. KTT, a roller rink. Yeah, that feels right because Katie, you're on a roll, baby. Ooh, that was spicy. Thank you. Thank you. Adam K, we would go axe throwing. Mm. But we would definitely turn it into a very dangerous drinking game. Mm, yes, somebody's probably getting hit with an axe. Well, it's all in good fun. Mm. John S. <laughs> Obviously a Ren Fair. Duh. You never know a person until you see them eat an entire turkey leg. 
And you know John S. would dress up too. Mm, he would. He I would. love that energy. Mm. Caitlin R. We would take you to a movie, but like a Sunday matinee movie. We would get popcorn, ices, also nachos, because it's like that weird time between dinner and lunch. And mm. like you're kind of hungry, but you know this is going to be the last meal of the day that you eat. So you kind of overdo like the snacks a little bit, but it's a fun. Mm, yes. Also, we would watch a children's movie. I don't know why, but that feels right. Yes, a cartoon seems just like on point, I feel like. Absolutely. Alex C, an ice cream date. For some reason, that just feels right. But what flavor do you think Alex C would get? Oh, something funky fresh. Like I'd mm. say... Superman? Oh, Bubblegum? <laughs> Maybe. I was thinking more of like a mango. Ooh, with actual mango chunks. Oh, yeah. Something definitely bougie. I can see it. Delicious. Jeff S, we would take you to the zoo, mm. but we would be busy looking at the chipmunks and squirrels a lot more than we would look at the lions and the zebras. Yes, of course. Thank you to all of our coven members on Patreon. Without you, we are nothing. We're nothing. We're not even going on dates. We're no. not worthy. We're, We're not worthy. We're definitely not worthy of taking yeah. a date. We're not. <laughs> We're not worthy. We're not worthy of going to the movies. We're not worthy of going to the roller rink. We're not worthy of any kind of date without you. We love you. 